0: Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I'm going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome back to another episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast. I'm your host, Adam Wills. And today I have, as always, an awesome guest with me. So let me introduce you to Heather Hansen O'Neill. Heather is an international keynote speaker, a behavioral expert, and author of Find Your Fire, Teams on Fire, and co-author of the new Amazon bestseller, Where's the Office? She's also a two-times TEDx speaker and host of the popular podcast, From Fear to Fire. And today, we are going to talk about finding your inner fire. And so, without further ado, let me welcome Heather Hansen O'Neill to the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Adam. I'm thrilled to be here with you today.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, I think this is a great topic for us to talk about. As you and I were discussing a little bit before we started recu- recording here in the studio, uh, you know, the the last couple of years have been a bit challenging, uh, to say the least, for for law enforcement in our country. And uh, um, finding, finding our inner fire, I think, is something that... Uh, uh, we need a little bit more of. We, we need a little bit more um, motivation to find what moves us, what moves the needle, what inspires us. And um, mm-hmm. I, I will thankfully say that I haven't had to to endure a lot of those challenges because I've been out of law enforcement for almost four years now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, seeing my brothers and sisters in blue go through those things and, and coaching many of them, as they're starting or, or, or moving along their entrepreneurial journey, I've, I've witnessed firsthand a lot of the, those challenges of really finding what lights them up inside. And, um, so I'm interested to hear what your, your take and what input you can provide on that here today.
1: Sure. And and I'm so glad that we're focusing on this area because it has been, Adam, you're the, you're the king of understatement, you know, a little challenging the last couple, please. It has been incredibly difficult the last couple of years for so many people, but in particular, Um, our law enforcement has experienced a great deal of that. And, And it saddens me because, you know, you go into it, I would imagine for the most part with the absolute best intentions of wanting to serve, right? Yeah. You want to serve, you want to do good in the world, and you have that fire when you go into it. And then unfortunately, other people and situations, they, they douse the flame. We'll keep with the analogy for a moment, right? With, with what they're saying, with the media, with everything that's going on in the world. And- My job, like what I've been doing for 25 years, is to help fan that for people to remind them of their why—why they got involved in 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 this in the beginning, how they can continue that, how they can re-energize—and then for what you do, which I think is so amazing, is helping them in their journey beyond right? To, it could be to continue serving in a similar capacity, or it can be to reignite something else inside of them, an additional passion that they want to follow. But it's really hard when it feels like external forces, situations, and sometimes our own internal dialogue is keeping us from that energy and that passion.
0: Yeah. You know, I think the you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it, it was it's a bit of an understatement what uh, um, our law enforcement has had to go through for for the last several years. And and you're right. Nobody, let's just be honest. Nobody gets into law enforcement or any public service, whether that's um, fire, corrections, EMS. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, nobody gets into those public safety type roles. Uh, to get rich, right? it's not that's not the type of it's not the type of career field this is. People that, that get into those career fields do it because of an inner sense of purpose um, and a drive to to do something positive for their community. The reality is is it doesn't matter how much of uh, a realistic expectation you have of the law enforcement career specifically before you enter it, it ain't realistic. Right. And so we all get into it and we find what it truly is and and it does take its toll. And, um, so specifically here today, I, I think what I want to talk about is this and frame it, I'll frame it this way. Um, most cops tend to box themselves in right after a career in law enforcement, we tend to limit our beliefs about what we're capable of and what we are, um, what our, Our intrinsic value is outside of our law enforcement skills when it comes to looking at what happens after our law enforcement career. And we've talked about this a lot in the show in the past, and I don't want to belabor it, but I want to get to the point here that um, many of us box ourselves in and we say, hey, the only thing that I'm worth on the open market, whether that's as an entrepreneur or as I go seek private employment somewhere, Uh, the only thing I'm worth is my skill set in law enforcement. And I'm kind of a golden unicorn in this, in the sense that I started a company that has almost nothing to do with my law enforcement career, other than this podcast and leading other law enforcement entrepreneurs. Um, So how, like one of the challenges I've had is how do I help other cops recognize that they have, they have skills and value outside of just what they they've gained in their law enforcement career and and how do they take what they've experienced even the negative and turn those things into a positive that can that can ignite their inner fire
1: okay adam this is big so i'm i'm going to chunk it down if you don't mind and to three yeah please do areas. Okay, so so the first one is this element of boxing yourself in, and I and I have seen that. I have a really good friend that I that I grew up with in my, you know, late teens, early twenties, who well, I always called him Super Cup because he went in just with like he was all in, loved it, had a great career, um, and then. When he retired, he went into um, starting a security business. So it's the same thing. And, and he's told me stories of how, you know, that's that's what you do. You know, you go right. in the next step of, of something in alignment with what you've always done. And there while he was very very successful at it there was there's a lot that he could have also chosen to do because he um i think i saw in him Uh, more uh, more multifaceted talents than he saw within himself, which leads me to the second part. And that is, if you're passionate about staying in in that same field with um, law enforcement or security, that's fine, that's fantastic. However, if you're looking to start a business and become an entrepreneur, you don't have to limit yourself. You don't have to feel that. But what it means is breaking the mold inside of your mind of our attachment to our roles, right? And, and we, not just your listeners here, but so many people get attached and see themselves as their roles, whether it is their role as a um, as a police officer, or whether it's their role as a, a corporate salesperson, or their role as a mother or a father or a spouse or uh, you know pastor or whatever it might be. We get so attached to our roles, and we. Um, it limits us sometimes because yeah, that's how we show up across the board in every interaction. But that's not who, that's not the wholeness of who we are as human beings. All of our different interests and skills and unique gifts and passions, some of them kind of get lost. And that's what where I run into people. People will come to me later on in their careers with this element of feeling just de-energized, exhausted, because they've suppressed the joyful things inside of them. That that spark of curiosity about something new or creativity or um, connection with people Who do other things, who have other interests, who are completely different from them, learning something new. That's what helps to fan that fire. So that second block is to, if you're thinking about going into a new career, before you make the final decision, to take a little curious time to dive deep into who you are and what might be possible for you so that you don't limit yourself. And even whatever you choose, even within that, that, to still um, to still, always be growing and learning and expanding who you are. Because I think that um, that journey from who you are to who you were meant to be has a lot of interesting steps along the pathway, right? And that's where greatness can occur.
0: I, I have to say that that really resonated with me because um, – when, when I think back to my law enforcement career, like a lot of the things that I was, that I used to be passionate about before my law enforcement career, many of those things went, went to the, uh, to the wayside. All right. Either because they didn't align with that persona or they, I just didn't have the time for them. Right. Um, but one of the things, one of my, the hobbies that, you know, I really. um invested more heavily into during my law enforcement career was was hunting I love hunting mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I did like it, it, I'm not saying uh, you know I wish I hadn't but um I I enjoy hunting I like being out in nature by myself and right that mm-hmm. sort of thing um but practically speaking it was also you know, a really great. It was an opportunity for me to work on my firearms handling skills and mm-hmm. accuracy mm-hmm. and breathing and all of those things, right? So, um, it became something I invested more heavily in because it attributed uh, and 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 paid back to what I was mm-hmm. doing practically speaking in my career. Um, and now that I've I've left that law enforcement career, I have found that wait a second, there's, there's other things that I enjoy that, you know, I'm, I want to spend my time focusing on.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, to add to that, Adam, a lot of the times when I'm working with other entrepreneurs or, or even corporate leaders, what they're now asking for in from the new hires is diversity of thought. So not just focusing in one area, but, um, allowing yourself to stray from what may be practical to what draws your attention, what, what is, makes you curious, what makes you want to go toward it, you're actually going to learn something in following that that you can bring back in into any of your, your whether it's your business or um, leading a team or even within law enforcement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So maybe you can... Um share with me uh, a practical example of maybe even a time in your life where you've experienced a setback or a failure and you've used that to make you a better leader.
1: Oh boy. Okay. So I, I have, um, I'm definitely transparent enough to tell you I've got several examples that I could share with okay. you about uh, failures or things that I that I made mistakes on, um, and it's part of why I started a podcast called From Fear to Fire because those fears and those judgments and those um, failures and mistakes are made me who I am today. And all of my guests, it actually creates who. Um, who you're supposed to be, right? It makes you stronger. It makes you uh, more focused or more productive, or it, it lends itself to uh, your growth. And so, I'll give you one um, that may seem completely out of the ordinary for our conversation right here okay. to um, to our, our uh, first responders. But so, I my first career was that of a professional dancer. So at 13, I used to get paid, and they would take me out of my school and I'd get paid to go uh, dance at other schools. And it expanded from there until when I was actually at the height of my career at 25, and I had a, a really bad injury and the doctor told me that I'd never dance again, right? Oh, wow. And so for years I called them my dark years because I had this devastating, it was the thing I was most passionate about, the thing that I loved. I was I it gave me so much joy to to have that path and then to have it, I almost felt like it was taken away from me, right? Yeah. And so I I got I got negative, I got um, kind of defeated. But then I asked myself different questions and I started to say, well, you know, maybe that doctor wasn't right. Maybe I could dance again. Or, you know, maybe this happened for a reason. What, what can I learn from this? And all of the answers that I got to questions like that enabled me to A, dance again, and I incorporate it into my life to re-energize me even to this day. And it also the answers were what led me to my current career right? So I got into, um, you know, some may call it performing because when you get up on stage and speak for 4,000 people, you know, about motivation, it, it kind of is, but it's really more than that. It's the discipline that I learned there. It's the, um, the awakening to the other talents. It's the, it's the strength, that I found within myself uh, having gone through those challenging times that enables me to do what I do today. And I actually can look back now and be completely grateful for everything that had happened, having the career, losing the career, what I learned on the other side of it. So anyone going through challenging times, when we ask different questions, we move from why me or, or how could this happen into what can I learn? Um, how can I grow? What's, what's the message here that I'm supposed to be hearing? When you shift your questions to things like that, then, then the growth is is um, exponential, you know, and, and it helps uncover things that you were supposed to know.
0: Absolutely. And you know what, I I think you're not giving yourself enough credit for just how well that story actually translates to this audience. Because (laughs) when when I left my law enforcement career, uh, I I went through a same or a similar experience. I I came home and I've shared this story before. I came home my last day and I took off, you know, I took off my, my belt and everything, took my Glock off, put it in the safe on my dresser. And I've, I've always been a big proponent of concealed carry, um, off duty. Right. And and not Mm -hmm. just for law enforcement, but for citizens who have concealed carry permits. Right. And, um, I, I took it off and for six months I left it in that safe because I had a hard time pulling it back out and putting it on and being average Joe citizen, I felt like it was a part of an identity I no longer had a right to possess anymore. And it was a really difficult transition for me to say, I'm not a cop anymore. I'm not that sheepdog anymore. When in reality I was, I just, I just had a different role, right? I I still, I still was that sheepdog. And so I think your story, your, your story translates really well um, to this audience. I thank you for sharing that. Um, we need to take a quick break. We're overdue. And then when I come back, I want to actually rewind a little bit and talk about something that you mentioned earlier about your friend. And, uh, I'm going to call it the super cop paradigm. And we're going to come back to that here in just a minute. Hey, it's Adam here. Just jumping in for a quick break. The journey from cop to copper newer can be challenging. Isolation after all is the enemy of success. You need fellow copperneurs in your corner to share resources, ideas, challenges, and wins with. You need ongoing support and training in a safe and private environment. That is exactly what the leo to ceo community is all about. Join now for free by going to LEO2CEO.com and clicking on the green button. And I'll see you at our next live workshop. Now back to the show. All right, so I'm back here with with Heather Hansen O'Neill, and before the break, um, we were talking about, or, or Heather had shared a story about a friend of hers that was uh, a cop that that left his law enforcement career, started a security business, and how he had shared with her that you know early on in his career he was a super cop, right? And so you know it got me thinking as as you were sharing that, right? And I I just just called it the super cop paradigm, right? And what I mean by that is that every cop I feel like starts their career as super cop. Um, I, I had the, uh, we'll say enjoyment, uh, and, and fear and terror of training cops. Um, when, when Mm -hmm. I was in law enforcement, I was a field training officer and, um, every time a new rookie would come in and we train, they were all super cops, right? They were always gung ho. They wanted to, go get the bad guy and do whatever it took in order to do that. um, Rather than those guys that were in and girls that were in, you know, five years or more that had a more measured approach to things. Right. Um, So we all start off as super cop and, and eventually we learn skills and, and uh, learn from experiences both positive and negative that maybe being super cop isn't always the best approach. But also I will ha- I will admit right here that unfortunately, as part of a culture in law enforcement, some of that super cop attitude really gets um, we'll say squashed, right because yes. Yes. Um, our our motivation and desire gets um, um, pushed back uh, by um, in many cases, our administration and our leadership that, that, you know, kills that fire within us to go and get the bad guy. And unfortunately over time that just creates an attitude of cynicism and, um, skepticism and, and those sort of things. And, um, the unfortunate reality is that often gets carried with us in our post law enforcement careers as well. And, and so I see this a lot with the, the, some of the cop entrepreneurs that I coach, where quite frankly, I, I'll just be bold and say it, I have to tell them to get off their tailpipe and get their butt in gear because they've many times lost that fire within them to just get after it because they've been, they've been subconsciously trained that when they go above and beyond, they get in trouble, right? Bad things happen and they get in trouble. So how do we reverse that mindset?
1: Oh my gosh, Adam, this is a fantastic question. And so I, I think that we have to understand that with the reason that things happen, um, you know, when you learn certain things that actually can save your life, right? So so mm-hmm. you learn not to dive in, not to be as risk, risky or to, you, you learn skills that you need to keep you alive, but it also has with every good, there's often a bad that goes with it. Right. So that's what makes you complacent. Maybe that's what makes you lose that, that passion, that fire. And so what I, what I say, and what I, when I work with people, it's, It's the consciousness about the process, the awareness that this is happening and that you can have two conflicting things occurring within you at the same time, right? You can learn the lesson on how to do things maybe more measured, more intelligently and showing and how you show up. But you can also keep the passion in the fire. Don't hang up the cape and the S under on your t-shirt. You know, don't hang it up. You want to keep that ability to reconnect with your why and to take pleasure in, in doing the right thing and, and showing up um, because that's that's a part of who you are. And if you lose that. It's really a shame because what it does is it dims your spark and that actually dims the impact that you have on other people, right? So when you are able to keep your spark and keep that that passion, that's how you inspire other people around you. That's how you create a ripple effect in everything that you do. So we want to make sure to be conscious, be aware of what's going on with us. And, And I'll give you an example. So a lot of times I, i've done i've done quite a bit of years of work on behavior and what what precedes the behavior and what comes before a certain behavior is a thought process which is based on a belief system right and so we need to go deeper into why am i doing this i'm doing this because i believe this it came about, it may have come about because of a negative experience that I had that taught me this new belief. It came about because I needed this belief to keep me safe. It came about because somebody else gave it to me, you know, a parent, the media, you know, a a coach, a mentor, and they planted this belief in me. But here's the key. You get to choose your beliefs. We think of our beliefs as truths. And then these truths guide our behaviors, but in actuality, they're opinions that we have acquired yeah. and we get to choose which ones to hold on to and which ones to let go of. And that conscious decision to look at and to release the ones that are no longer serving us is how we move forward most effectively in the world. It's not, it's not something that people often do though.
0: Yeah, it's an excellent point there is in recognizing that uh, the truths that we hold about ourselves are often just opinions. Um, that, that's that's a big paradigm shift in and of itself. Um, one that I would love to have more time to dive into with you, but unfortunately we're, we're running out of time here for this episode. And I, I want to close on a question for you um, as sort of a final thought, because this is a question I've, I've been gaining a lot of enjoyment out of asking people that I interview because as I've had the opportunity to um, uh, be mentored by and get closer to high impact people and interviewing high impact people as guests on this podcast, I have found that there's one common denominator of high impact people. And that's that they can usually distill the reason for their success down to a single contributing factor. And so I love hearing from people, what that single contributing factor is. So I'm going to ask that question of you is what is the single thing that you believe has contributed most to your success?
1: Um, it was shifting the belief of not being enough to being just fine exactly as I am because, uh, when you show up in the world, always feeling just a little bit behind, a little bit like an imposter, a little bit like you're not doing enough, a little bit like, um, you know, you're not where you're supposed to be, then then you get a certain result and you you hit certain walls and certain challenges stop you. But when you recognize that even through the humanness, the failings, the, 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 bad choices, that you're still okay at your core, then you have a different ability to get back up when you fall down, to make better choices the next time, to learn the lesson, to share the lesson with other people transparently so that they know that they are enough and it's okay for them to make mistakes too, because that's how we make change in the world.
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, that, that concept really uh, coincides well with uh, a couple episodes we've done on this podcast. And so I want to encourage everybody that's listening, if you if this really resonated with you and you want to take a deeper dive into it, um, I want you to go back and take a look at a couple other episodes um, that we've done in the past. So one of them, I'm looking them up as, as I'm uh, talking right now, so forgive me. Uh, so one of them is episode 65, Are You Prepared to Suck? Okay, and it's the idea that we're all going to suck at something and we just, you know, the way we succeed is by recognizing what we're going to suck at and acknowledging it and accepting it and finding ways to overcome that. Um, the other one is Failing is the Secret to Scaling, which is episode 82 um, with Colin Mitchell. So go check those two episodes out if you want to dive more into um, this concept of mindset and recognizing that failure is okay and, and how to reverse and reframe that um, failure towards success. Uh, Heather, it's been awesome having you on. I know you've got a new book coming out. Um, Where's the office? Why don't you um, tell us a little bit more about that book and how people can find it?
1: Okay, great. Yeah. So Where's the Office? Moving Today's Leaders from What Is to What Can Be um, is the first book that I, I've written three, but it's the first one that I've co-authored with someone. My co-author is Will Lewis, an amazing um, gentleman who came from a military background, worked at GE. He's done incredible things. He's 93. Wrote oh, his wow. first book. This book was his first book at 92. So it just That's came awesome. out and then he turned 93 right after that. Good for him. Um, it's great for any leader and you can find it at where's officecom I also just want to to encourage people that if you want to connect with me find me you can find me anywhere on any social media channels under heather hansen o'neill and um, you can send me a linkedin message and ask me any questions and if you want to dive deeper into the behavioral research that i've done you can check out my ted talk you can also search for that under heather Hanson o'neill
0: excellent well thank you for being on the show heather and, and everybody listening as always I'll put links in the show notes for this episode, which you can find by going to cpp.fm and um, check out the show notes there. I'll put a link to Heather's book and other resources for connecting with her. Thank you for being on the show, Heather. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leotoseo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other compreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast, and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.